0: Well, good morning. Welcome to worship. Will you stand with me? If you're, if you're visiting with us, we're so glad you're here. We hope that this time is a time where you can hear from God, hear a word, and maybe make a connection uh, with God's family. So sing with me. Higher than the mountain that I've been stronger than the power of the grave, constant in the trial and the
1: change. This one thing remains, this one thing remains, this love, your love. Worthy of every song we could ever sing, worthy of every heart we could ever pray, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you.
2: To a, a time of prayer, go ahead and have a seat. Uh, I don't mean to turn into this pastor, but I, I, I'm gonna give a little mini sermon again today. Is that okay? <laughs> so, my, my little guy back there, I'm Jason, I'm a new guy. Some of you I don't recognize yet. You probably are like, who's the weirdo up there? But uh, my little guy woke me up at five something this morning, and it used to be like, oh man, I'm gonna be up forever. And now we've been here a few weeks, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to the beach. It's a good place to live. And so uh, I went and I, I was telling someone earlier, I was like, yeah, I went to the beach had, uh, for a sunrise service this morning. And they're like, oh yeah, sunrise service. Who was doing it?" I was like, no, it was just me. I went to 7-Eleven, got some coffee. But as I was, I was walking there, uh, just kind of thinking, wow, God, this is pretty great. Uh, there's some uh, really crazy things that have been happening the last couple of weeks that we've been here. And uh, I was thanking him for how much this feels like home already. I keep running into some of you at stores, you know, into you New Smyrna Beach last night. Uh, I need to move a fridge. Drew happens to live down the street. and I was like, hey, man, come break your back at my house for a minute. And um, it, it's been great. But uh, Dusty and I went to a, a car show yesterday afternoon. And uh, I'm, I'm always saying, God, connect us somehow to your people, to your creation. Take things that we love and make something good out of it. And uh, we got there, and ended up meeting a guy who works for a company that I know of, and they do some pretty cool car stuff. And we're talking to this guy. He's like, "Yeah, I'm a, I'm a worship pastor." I was like, "What a weird coincidence!" You know, pastors getting together in the car world, and I'm start. It's just reaffirming that God wants to take what you love and what you do, no matter how obscure and how much you've been taught in your life that, hey, God doesn't work through these things. No, he does absolutely work through those absolutely. things. And uh, I have a sense that he's going to be putting a lot of you together with people that you never imagined that you were connected to, to use the things that you're drawn to, to, to worship him, to serve him. So uh, at that sunrise service this morning, I was, I was just thanking him. Not only for the beauty surrounding me, but like, God, you're making this feel like home. And you're showing me that something good is going to come through just living life with you and the things that we love. So, um, as we as we pray, uh, you don't you don't need to listen to me pray. There's nothing special about it, but thank Him for where He's brought you from, where He's leading you to. Uh, I was thankful too that I was like, man, you ever wonder what it's like if you went to church and Bob Dylan was there leading music? I get that every Sunday now. It's great, man. It's like a Holy, holy Ghost-fired Bob Dylan in, in church. And I'm like, man, this is, this is some great stuff. I'm thankful for all the, just the things that are coming together. And um, But I want you during this prayer time, say, God, where are you leading me? Uh, how do you want to use just normal life around me to serve you? And you ever notice that as you, as you submit and you serve Him, that he like, he, he brings you to a whole new level of relationship. Um, this is the weirdest way of how God works is as you give, things come back to you. It's not kind of that old stuff like, hey, put ten bucks in there, you're going to get a hundred. Not, not always working like that. But as you give your life to him, it's filled in ways that you never imagined possible. You never could have dreamed of. And um, that's what he's wanting to do for all of us, for, for everyone out there. And uh, so we've got an opportunity to really share that good news. Let's turn to Him and just thank Him for just the the wonderful path He's leading us down. Father, we turn to You and we praise You. Love everything, Lord. We praise You. We thank You for how loving You are, how forgiving You are. And as as we have turned our hearts away from You, who knows how many times that You have forgiven us, and called us back, um, even as... We often have been like, uh, like Gomer in the book of Hosea. You've, came, uh, you've come searching for us and, and bought us back. You, you ransomed us, and we thank you for that, Father. And I, I pray that you are able to move within us in brand new ways, no matter our age or experience, that you move through us to connect us more to your creation. To the people that you've created, to the lives that you've, you've put on this earth, that are meant to be in relationship with you, that that just haven't figured out what that looks like yet, that you will move through us, just to love on those people, and that they can see just how great life with you is. Uh, thank you for this new church home, and uh, how it's feeling like home already. But Lord, I pray that this morning, as we as we sit, as we, as we stand, as we sing. As we worship, that you move in our hearts, that your Holy Spirit manifests itself in our lives in ways that we never dreamed of. We love you, Father. We praise you. And we're excited for more of this adventure with you. your name, amen.
1: sent his son they called him Jesus he came to love heal and forgive he lived and died to buy my palm. Thank you
0: some of y'all singing. Isn't that a great song? Oh, that's good, that's good, that's good. Hey, we're going um, to take just a moment, and um, uh, Marilyn, why don't you come on up? Uh, you, you probably got it in the Wednesday email or on our Facebook, but if you didn't get it, and if you're visiting with us, um, I want to introduce Marilyn. This is Marilyn. Everybody say hi, Marilyn. Yeah. I'm realizing with my southern accent, can you step up here? Uh, you can try. It sounds like I'm saying Maryland, doesn't it? Maryland. Not the state, the person. This is Maryland. Maryland, I'm going to give this to you. You didn't know I was going to do this, but, you know, you're used to being in front of in front of people, so it's okay. How Maryland, just so you know, has worked at our Christian preschool, Bright Beginnings Christian Preschool, for a while, and she has decided it's time for her to go on a different journey, and so um, she recently stepped down from, from working with us, and how long have you been with Bright Beginnings?
3: It'll be nine years in August.
0: Nine years in August, averaging probably 12 to 15 kids, we're talking hundreds of kids that you have impacted.
3: Yes, and I'm very honored to have a graduate from my first VBK class. The first year, it's been eight years since I, Judah,
0: he... You want to come up and say hi? Be on TV? Come on. Come on, Judah.
3: This is Miss Susie, our current director. This is her son. And that was how I first got acquainted with Miss Susie, was when Judah came to my VPK class eight years ago this coming fall, and he was the... This is the honest truth. You Uh You were the best student I ever had in all those... Honestly, I've told Judah this, and I've told his mother. And if I cry, it's happy cry, okay? (laughs) This child came into my class, four years old, and he'd been through some challenges. And at one point, his parents were told he might not even live. But he came into my class, and throughout that year, I felt like I had the little boy Jesus in my class. This child... I said, he's the most like Jesus was when he was four years old. And when the night we gave Judah his diploma, I had asked him ahead of time what he wanted to do when he grew up. And so that night I got to tell everybody. He said he wanted to be a doctor. Now, maybe his plans have changed, but one thing I know, he's going to live for Jesus. And Jesus is in his heart. I
0: love you, Judah. (laughs) Judah's like, I'm never coming back to this church again. (laughs) Put me on the spot. Marilyn, uh, so Marilyn has served as a preschool, uh, a VPK teacher. Marilyn was instrumental in our transition period when we brought in Miss Susie, and she acted as interim director and she tightened things up. We didn't realize how we were running until Miss Marilyn got a hold of it. She's like, I'm noticing we could do things better. And, and then she transitioned into a curriculum specialist, which is unheard of in a preschool um it's just not a position that most have and miss marilyn you spent two years, 2 years or 2 years helping our teachers all of them wonderful teachers wonderful with kids but not always great at coming up with those lesson plans and those uh, directives to make sure that they're hitting their benchmarks and miss marilyn came alongside and helped them get these standards ready so that they could be more effective and so she although she has taught over 100 kids she has influenced and impacted many many more hundred than, than that. And Marilyn, so, so we have just a little something for you. and, and if you didn't get uh, the email or the text, we're, we're taking we know Miss Marilyn that you like gift cards wow. and you like like going places and, and eating and buying books and stuff at Target and Walmart and things like that. And so oh, we have just a little a little um, uh, what are these sunflowers? Yes. Right? Jim and Debbie know. from Kansas. You know that. <laughs> the state, we have the state flower. The whole state of Kansas is in support of you right Praise now. Praise the
1: Lord. Yeah, <laughs> that's I awesome.
0: Um, and, and we have some gift cards. And if you brought a gift card because you got the message and you want to um, give it to her, I encourage you to do that. And if maybe you forgot, you can still do that. She loves books. She loves, uh, what, else, what are some other things you like? Probably not Home Depot or anything
3: like that. Well, I'm still in the process of letting go of preschool. So if you'd ask me, you know, everything I've done besides buying food and clothes is stuff for the preschool. So that's anything related to children is my weakness but or yeah, strength. Yeah, yeah. So books.
0: Yes, books, Barnes & Noble gift cards, Target gift cards. Amazon. Wrong. Amazon. Yeah. This woman Amazon. lives on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so. Anything like that, you can bring those to her in the next couple weeks, but I don't know if you want oh, to carry this. Absolutely. Thank you. You got it?
3: That's awesome. Thank you. It's not bad. Marilyn,
1: can I pray for you?
0: Absolutely. Um, let's pray for Marilyn. God, I thank you for faithful servants. I thank you for people that see their vocation as their calling. I thank you for um, Marilyn. What a wonderful example of your love and your grace. I thank you for her ministry here that she's had over the decades, even before Bright Beginnings. Um, I thank you for the way that she's helped out with Children's Church and VBS and other things throughout the years. And God, I pray that you will bless her in this new, uh, this new leg of her journey. God, I pray that you will continue to... Have your hand upon her that you will, um, that you will bring joy like she's never had before, that you will bring exciting new opportunities, and God, I pray that you will increase her sphere of influence to a new demographic. And over the next couple of days and weeks and months and years, that we'll hear about the way that she is ministering now in a different location, but she's still ministering because that's what you called all of us to, and she gets it. So be with Marilyn. Thank you. Thank you for letting us have her for a decade. We are better because she is our, she is ours. We pray this in your name, Amen.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Touched on it, but I personally of
3: Marilyn, not only did she teach, he you know teach the school. She taught our kids, and um, her and Miss Lynn taught Jackson about Jesus. And I know that. Because of them, he'll always have Jesus in his heart. So thank you, Marilyn. I love you. We sang in one of the songs this morning, what's the part about laying my crowns down at Jesus' feet? Well down. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, wow. That just, I just felt like, Lord, any thanks, anything I've accomplished, I lay it down at your feet. I give him all the glory. All I wanted as a young person was to be a channel that he could flow through, that his love could flow through. And that was my prayer here at the preschool as well as in the church ministries, Lord, love through me, love through me. And I wish that each one of you sitting here today could spend at least one hour walking through this building on a weekday, go into a classroom and just sit down and observe that you could see what's happening we're not a daycare and we are not a babysitting service we are building little we well i was my heart my heart's still in it (laughs) building little people for eternity guiding them molding them i tell parents i don't expect perfection i just am glad to be on the journey with your little person and just help them through their conflicts guide them mold them wow Every one of you, you need to know what's going on in this building. Five days a week, God is working. Thank you for all of this. I'm kind of overwhelmed, but thank you. All the glory goes to God. Thank you, Marilyn.
4: Yes. What a perfect introduction to the next part of our service. You know, when you think of, you know, Marilyn and all the people that she's, you know, influenced in her life, and when you hear Jason talking about how he's running into other pastors, at car shows with Dusty on the side, you're reminded that we're not in this alone. And so when we come to that time of service, when we pass the peace to one another, we're saying, hey, look, the best thing that I'd ever want for all of you guys is to have a great and wonderful relationship with Jesus Christ. But it can't be done alone. And that's why we're all here. And so when we pass that peace to one another, it's going with Marilyn to the classrooms. It's going with Jason to the car shows. It's going with, you know, people like my wife who's going home to the, preschoolers and the kids right who need it and so this morning let us be reminded if you're joining us online you could tag somebody in an at if you wanted to uh you know if you're praying for somebody mention their name but you know we here practice passing the peace of one another and it's not just a regular peace it's the peace of jesus christ and the word describes it as pat it passes all understanding it's the eye of the storm when you're sitting there when everything could be going crazy around you and you're just thinking I feel so at peace. And that's that peace that Jesus gives. And so we practice passing that peace here at Porter and Church of Nazarene. And so may I be the first to tell you this morning. May the peace of Jesus Christ be with you this morning. Thank you. Pass that peace. If you're here in the building, it might look like an air five or an air wave uh, right now for restrictions. But pass the peace with one another. Uh, be reminded that after service, we, you know, before we kind of just all scooted out and we're, we're kind of gotten used to that, just COVID, everybody hit the door and run. It, well, you guys are more than welcome for after service to wait, to hang out there in the foyer and chit chat and lollygag or whatever the case is. Continue. uh, con- I guess so. Yeah. Why is there something wrong? Uh, you know, hang around, hang around. We don't mind hanging around after service. Uh, guys, we are going to come to a part of our service where we continue in worship. Uh, and before that, I want to mention a couple things just real quick. I know we skipped announcements this week, but Wednesday nights we are meeting here. We have an adult class from 7 to 8 o'clock. It's on the book, Not a Fan. And, uh, and, and Jason's going there as well, too. And uh, he said this morning, he said, it's very chill, very relaxed. It's kind of like a hangout. And so if you have nothing to do, and even if you have something to do on Wednesday nights, you could always just cancel and still show up here on Wednesday nights and hang out. And uh, go through a a wonderful book that we're going through, Not a Fan. You're not a fan of Jesus. You're a follower of him. And so we want to encourage you to show up. We also have a Wednesday night teens that meet up. This week we're actually going to be going off campus to a night of worship. And so uh, if you have any questions for that, feel free to send me. I'm actually the youth director here at Port Orange Church of Nazarene. So if you have a teen that is interested in a night of worship, or even if you're interested in a night of worship in general, you always come and see me, uh, But guys, we're going to continue in worship with our tithes and offerings. This is a moment uh, in the service that we are able to give back to Jesus Christ. You know, when, 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 you, when you look at everything that he's done in your life, well, there's no way that we could ever, what, what can I do for you, God? I mean, can I truly explain in human words how great he is and you guys would, you know, we would understand it? I don't think so. I think that one day when we see him face to face, we're going to realize how awesome he is and words cannot explain that. And so words, efforts, energy, we can never give him more than enough than what he deserves. But this is an opportunity that he allows for us to say, hey, look, you could give back to me. And so we do that with cheerful hearts, excited and eager to do as scripture asks us. And so, uh, you know. We, a moment where we give in our tithes and offerings. And so I want to encourage you guys, you're going to see a couple different ways on the screen that you're able to give online, as well as, uh, you know, if you want, you could text give, you could go to our website and give, as well as uh, we have some drop boxes in the foyer back there. On your way out, you're also able to give there as well. But let's pray for the Lord's blessing and just thanking Him for this opportunity that we have to be able to worship Him. Father, You are such a good God. And the truth is, is, Lord, we could all go and empty our bank accounts. And really, money's not even... Half of what you're asking for, Lord, it's our lives and our hearts. But Lord, I think we'd be surprised that as we begin to give our lives and our hearts over you, we realize that there's not there's we can never outgive you, Lord. So, Father, I pray that you bless the giver. Father, I pray that you multiply this gift that we're able to give back to you. And Lord, that you would put it in the hands of those who are prayerfully putting this these resources. Where they need to be. Lord that you that the ministries that go on. Even outside of this service here. On a Sunday morning. But Lord even the ones that go on Monday to Friday in the classroom. as t- As kids are being brought up to know you and who you are. Father. May you bless that. May you bless it. The whole trip of it. From the beginning to the end. And we ask it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.
0: Today um, we're gonna read uh, we're gonna read some scripture, uh, but would you pray with me before we read that? Our prayer for understanding. And if you're visiting with us, it's just one of the ways that we help focus our hearts and our minds even further as we dive into God's word. And so, will you read with us this prayer? Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of Your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and Your Word proclaimed. We may hear with joy what you say to us today. I only have one scripture passage today to read. It's going to be in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians is, is in the New Testament. So if you go about, I don't know, 75% of the way there, you're going to hit the Gospels. You'll see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John. Um, the original Fab Four, and then you'll see the book of Acts, and then we get into a bunch of writings that the Apostle Paul wrote, and Colossians is one of them. And so he's writing to this church, and this is what he says in Colossians 1, verses 24 to 29. I'm glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I'm participating in in the suffering of Christ that continue for his body, the church. God's given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people in that good news. For I wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ ...are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone... ...with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God. Perfect in their relationship to Christ... That's why I work and I struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. Church, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. you ever had one of those weeks? uh, And when I say one of those weeks, most people know what I'm talking about. This is one of those weeks. It has just been, um, well, one of the roles of the pastor is to dive into the word and to let the text do you good, to to let it do me good, so that as I'm being changed by what I'm learning, I can share with you so that you can be changed by what you hear and what you learn and certain weeks it's a piece of cake certain weeks you know where you're going and and God just has a revelation there are other weeks when God changes things the very last minute um and and you pastors know what I'm talking about it's like 20 minutes before the service is supposed to start and you're like "Uh uh-oh I feel like God's telling me to go somewhere else um not not physically I mean the direction yeah no no that's the congregation that's doing that no hey hey just kidding um And then there are weeks where you don't feel like you quite made it to where you need to be. And this is one of those weeks where I feel like I may still be struggling with what the scripture is trying to say. And I just want to be honest with you. You know, I don't, I don't have the answer. I often don't have the answer. Um, You probably know that sometimes I hide it better than others, but I want to maybe, instead of uh, preaching today or teaching today, kind of talk through what I'm working on, and maybe God will use that and drive you deeper this week. And so just as a summary, if you're visiting with us, we've been in the Sermon on the Mount passage, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, since Easter. And we are going at a slow pace because it is so rich. And honestly, we're missing more than we're hitting. There's so much there. But we started off, if you'll recall, we started off and we talked about, um, actually before Matthew chapter 5, Matthew 4 is where the, the mission of God is pointed out. And it's in Matthew four seventeen, And it's when Jesus saw the crowds and he said, repent. Turn around. You're going the wrong way. Repent the kingdom of heaven is near. And you'll recall way back then, and we've talked about it many times, there are two questions that we always want to have in mind when we're learning scripture. When we're reading through, we want to find out like who's talking. In this case, Jesus is talking. So who's Jesus talking to? And the second thing is what's the setting? What's going on in the world around them? What's going on In the society, why is that word important to that group of people at that time? And when we figure out that reason, then we can pull it out and say, okay, how does that apply to us? And that's a big word that we use called exegeting. We find the truth and we pull it out. Kind of like Exodus, when they were pulled out of Egypt, we exegete the truth. And we do it that way because if we're not careful, it's easy to take scripture and do something called eisegeting. Which is where I want to talk about love, so I'll just find something on love, and I'll pull out a scripture that may be out of context, but it sounds real pretty and, and, you know, flowery. And we don't want to do that. That's not being true to God's word. So, Jesus is talking to people, and you'll recall, he's talking to the crowds that followed them. He had Peter, Andrew, and John, I believe, isn't that who it is, That, that follow him in Matthew 4. And then... And then he has these crowds that are following him. And these crowds are the poor and the outcast and the and the downtrodden. And they're the hurting and they're the nobodies. And they're not the people that would be asked to read Scripture on Sunday or in their culture on Saturday. They're not that type of people. They are the nobodies. They're not cared about by the Jewish people. They're not cared about by the Romans. They're not cared about by even their family, a lot of them. And it's to this group of people that Jesus gives the nine blessings. It's to this group of people that Jesus says you're blessed. You're blessed people. Which would have been revolutionary to them to think, okay, I am seen as nothing and you're telling me that I'm blessed. I like this Messiah. Yeah, this is a good deal. You're blessed when you're poor. You're blessed when, when you mourn. When you hurt for others. You're blessed when you see injustices and it breaks your heart. You're blessed when you have this meekness and this humility. You're blessed when you're persecuted. You're blessed when your hearts are pure. And we talked about how these nine blessings really is basically Jesus saying, you want to know what God is like? This is what God is like, because I am all of these blessings that I'm saying you are and you can have. And then we get to the the section that we just finished, and it's the section on salt and light. And remember, we talked about how important it is to be salt in the world. And if you're not being salt, what are you doing? And we talked about the importance of light. And how you're called to be the light in someone's life. And it's not your light, it's the light of Christ that's shining through you. Remember we talked about the lighthouse in that sermon. And the Fresnel light that the Holy Spirit focuses the light so that it's seen a long way away. And then then the last time I spoke before we had our missionary last Sunday, we talked about, um, remember I talked about Michael Jordan and how there are there are, when he was playing, there were entire back rooms that were trying to figure out, how do we stop this one guy? If we can stop this one guy, the other 11 are irrelevant. And I ask you, are you the type of Christian that the evil spirits are in the back room saying, if we can just stop Bob? You know, we got to do something. we got to do something to stop Ken. If if we don't slow Lisa down, all of her kids in her classroom are going to get saved and find Jesus. And then we're going to have a real mess. And we talked about, are you being that kind of Christian? It's not just about, does the right person know you? It's also, are you living a life that the wrong people know you? And that's actually the first part of this section. A lot of bibles will put the salt and light with this next section in your bible and so we're going to read this and then we're going to try to figure some stuff out and i hope that you will stay with me in matthew 5 we're going to read verses 17 through 20 and this is what jesus says he's still talking to the crowd he says don't misunderstand why i've come did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. I know you're looking for the new thing, for the fresh face, for the new revolutionary leader. Don't misunderstand why I've come. I didn't come to throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's what he's saying. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I didn't come to abolish the law of Moses and the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth. Until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you'll be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys the law and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So again, we're talking about this kingdom of heaven mindset. What what is this all about? How how can you live in this kingdom of mind mindset? And then Jesus, just as an aside, throws in, "But I warn you. Unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter." The kingdom of heaven. This is God's word. And, and this is. So let me tell you where I'm at in the process. And I probably won't. You know. I, we're going to be all over the place today. So just bear with me. All right. I, I don't usually do this. So give me a little liberty. So this is a transitional. Passage. Basically, what we have before this is Jesus saying, this is what a blessing is like. And remember, Pastor Jen talked about the blessing isn't the stuff you get. The blessing is the partnership with God. That's the blessing. The other stuff is just distraction. This is the blessing. If you want to be blessed, you live this way. You live in me because I am these blessings. And if you're living in me, your light's going to shine. If you're living in me, you're going to have these God flavors and these God tastes. You're going to be noticed. And then he says, then we have this passage. And then for the rest of Matthew 5, 6, and 7, until like the last section where there's a parable about the, the wise man and the foolish man that build his house on the sand and the rock. We'll get to that eventually. But the rest of the passage in between there is basically Jesus unfolding what it means to fulfill the law instead of abolish it. What it means to fulfill the words of the prophets instead of to abolish them. And so if we're going to go any Farther down the road, we kind of need to understand what Jesus is talking about when he's talking about the law. I mean, if that's what is the framework for the rest of the three chapters, we probably need to understand that, right? And so, if you want to understand the law, you got to go all the way back to the very beginning, all the way back to the start. It's in Genesis, it's in a garden. And you have this God. The first part of Genesis talks about this God who was so full of love, who was so... He just had so much love, He couldn't help but create. It was an outpouring of God's love. And so God created. God created everything we see. Everything we don't see, God created. And then at the end of this passage in the first part of Genesis, it says, And God created humanity. Right? We have Adam, we have Eve, and God gives them authority and says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take authority over everything. I want you to to care for my creation. I want you to care for each other. I want to walk with you. Scripture talks about how they walked with God in the cool of the night. I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. I want to be with you. I want you to basically, common catchphrase that everyone talks about, I want you to love me, so God is saying, I want you to love God, and I want you to love each other and I want you to love everything I've created. Love God, love others. That was basically the plan in Genesis. And it doesn't take us long to get derailed, and we get to Genesis chapter 3, and you enter a serpent, or a snake, or the adversary, and basically, what we have in that story is, you have a deceiver that's saying, hmm, So God told you not to do certain things. I wonder why God would tell you that. There's something he's keeping from you. What do you not know? And at the heart of the issue in Genesis is that we had a God that said, I want to love you completely and I want you to trust me with everything. And as you trust me, I will give you wisdom. And here's here's all I want you to do. You can do anything, you can eat anywhere, but please don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I want you to trust me that I will make you wise and I will teach you and I we will walk together and talk together. And basically what's happening when we encounter the serpent is you have this conversation where the serpent is saying, is God really trustworthy? feels like he's holding something back. I mean, the trees right there, you could have knowledge of good and evil. You could be like God. Wonder what God's keeping from you. And we know the rest of the story. They eat. They're expelled from the garden. And they enter into this cycle of death and wandering. Not a great story, huh? Not a a happy story. Well, here's the problem. As we travel through Scripture, we are going to see this story time and time again. I'll give you one other example. Let's talk about the Exodus story. You've got Exodus 20. You've got these people who are freed from Egypt. They're enslaved. And they are pulled out of Egypt. They are liberated and they are following God. They are walking with God and talking with God. And God gives them this Sinai moment. And God speaks with Moses on the mountain and he says, here, I have these these ten commands, these ten rules, and I want you to live them. And I want you to take them to the people and I want them to live them. And honestly, if we're going to boil down these ten commandments... It's the same plan that God had in Eden. Because the first four are about loving God. And the last six are about how we love each other. Do you see the plan that God has? This, this community with God and, and community with each other. And as we talk with God and as we walk with God and as we grow with God, God imparts more wisdom The Proverbs will say this, Proverbs 1-7 says, The fear of the Lord, the awe of the Lord, the reverence of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And if we walk with God, and if we talk with God, and if we care for God's creation, if we love others the way we love God, and if we do this, we'll live. And Moses isn't even down from the hill with the rules, and they're already breaking them. And once again, they are thrown into death and wandering. And throughout Scripture, time and time again, God has this plan. If you'll just love me, and if you'll just love others, I will teach you. I will give you wisdom. I will grow you into people that I want you to be. And time and time again, humanity chooses death. Moses says at the end of, I think it's the end of Deuteronomy, you know, I stand before you today. Today before you is two ways, death and life. Oh, that you would choose life, that you would live. And we do for a little bit, and then we decide that apple looks pretty good. If I could be my own God, I wouldn't need this God. And we enter into another cycle of death, and wandering. And so part of me is like, why would we not want to abolish the law? And why would we not want to get rid of all this stuff? Because it's clearly not working. And then to make matters worse, you have these ten laws of God, and then you have all these other rules. So the Ten Commandments are the moral law, and then there are over six hundred laws that deal with diet and hygiene and how you treat your family and what you can do on the weekend and what you can't do and how far you can walk and all these rules and it's called the the mishpat and it's these rules and basically what you have is you have these people saying well if i can follow all these rules if i can just add one more rule to follow then i don't need to focus too much on the original plan because and i could say i'm doing all right because i'm following all these rules if I can know enough, then I don't have to be changed here. And so it became about following these rules. The law was rules. Follow the rules and you live. O- disobey the rules and you die. And we traded ability to walk with God and talk with God and have wisdom from God for a checklist. And all throughout the Bible and all throughout other cultures that you see there's this propensity for wanting, I want to be God, I want to know it all. I want to be in charge. I don't want to submit to anyone. So that's the law. And then you've got the prophets. And, and the prophets would come and they would speak for God. And they would give a word from God. Remember, we've talked about the Hebrew word is nabi. And it's the mouthpiece of God. And they would speak. And it's another translation is a wellspring of water. And when the, the prophet would speak, they would speak words of life. They would speak. Speak these living waters. They weren't always positive because sometimes the prophet had to do the hard work of calling sin, sin. But it was always in an effort to bring life, it was always in an effort to speak God's word. But time and time again, the prophets were rejected. We, needed, we need someone greater. That's what it comes down to. We need a stronger Nathan. Someone who Nathan was willing to walk into the palace temples and call sin, sin, and call kings to repentance. But we need someone stronger. We need someone stronger than Elijah. Elijah, who walked so closely with God that he didn't even experience death. He was taken up in a chariot. But we need someone stronger. Someone stronger than Elisha. Elisha, one of the prophets who who received a double blessing from God and probably did more miracles than any other prophet ever. We need someone stronger because the cycle just... We need a stronger Hosea. Hosea loved his wife recklessly, lavishly, even though time and time again she walked away and chose her own path. And what a beautiful example of what God is. But we need, we need someone stronger because we will fall away like we do every time. We need a stronger Jeremiah. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet who would weep over his, the nation and weep over the people of God and say, if only you would come to me, if only you would turn to God. But even Jeremiah wasn't We need a stronger Jeremiah. We need a stronger Isaiah who could have this vision of what heaven is like and what God is like. This vision of what it's like to call people to go to the nations and to be a light to the nations. This, this Isaiah who would talk about people that wait on the Lord will renew their strength And even then, we're still choosing our own way. We need someone stronger, someone better, someone more perfect. So that's why I'm struggling. Enter Jesus. This is the good news. This is the good news, Drew. Jesus did something completely revolutionary. I love it. He said, I haven't come to abolish your moral laws. I haven't come to even abolish the mishpat, all the other stuff. I haven't come to tell you that Jeremiah got it wrong or abolished the words of Isaiah or Micah. I haven't come to that. I've come to be the fulfillment of everything that they were. I am and more. And this is what's beautiful. Jesus doesn't use a different formula. Basically, Jesus says, we're doing a a, a sharp restart and we're going back to the original plan. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to fulfill the law. I'm going to fulfill the prophets. But here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. By loving God completely. And by loving others completely. And I'm going to walk with God. And I'm going to talk with God. And we're going to have this communication. And I'm going to care for the things that God cares about. Because that's important. That's what you need to see. Because that's what you're called to be. And Jesus is the only one who was capable of doing that. Isn't that beautiful? I love it. He was willing to trust God in a way that none of the other laws and rules required. He was able to trust God completely. But here's where, here's where I struggle. We have the answer. We know we have Christ. Colossians um, tells us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Right? Here's my fear. My fear is that we are still looking for alternative plans. Historically, we see time and time again, humanity doesn't want to follow God's plan. And God's plan, although It's not complicated. It's extremely complex. Because it's not easy to give your entire life to God. It's not easy to surrender everything. It's not a complicated process. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. It's not complicated there's a lot of complexity in that and that's where time and time again humanity has chosen well maybe i could shortcut this process a little bit so i'm struggling because what what do you say we 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 know most of us know that jesus is the answer right If you don't know, if you're visiting today and you don't know that Jesus is the answer, he is the answer. It is only through the blood of Christ that we are saved. It is only through the obedience of Christ, this this servant of God. It is only through this second person in the Trinity that took on our flesh, walked where we walked, breathed our air, was obedient, suffered, died, was buried, and was resurrected and ascended, it's only through this Jesus that we proclaim there is salvation and forgiveness of sins and life everlasting. We know that. My question is, do we believe it and do we live it? Because... History is not on our side. Humanity has messed up time again, haven't we? So <laughs> I've talked a long time and I don't know that I've preached anything, but that's what I'm struggling with. That's where I'm at. I think my fear is that I, I worry that we will try to circumvent things with, well, if I just give a little more money. Or if I just don't cheat on my taxes. Or I'm just a little kinder. And we start to build our own set of 600 plus rules. And we can follow rules to our heart's desire. But that doesn't fulfill what God had planned for us. And so I guess I, guess I just want to close by urging you. Maybe this week you want to think about what are some... What are some blind spots, God? Can you show me some things that I'm trusting in when I should be trusting more in you? Can you show me some ways I'm trying to fulfill the law on my own when you are the only one that can completely fulfill it? Can you show me, God, how to live in you? Because I can't do it. And I'm not called to do it. Your plan is for me to love you and to love others. And that can only be done as I live in you. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. I live in you, Christ. Your spirit lives in me. And that's the way that I become part of this fulfilling. That's the way, honestly, to go back. That's the way I become salt. That's the way I become light. That's the way I become the type of follower that the demons tremble when they hear my name. Unlike Acts 19 with the sons of Sceva, where it's like, we know Jesus, we know Paul, but who are you? As we live in Christ and God's spirit lives in us, that's when the demons start to say, oh yeah, I know Rosie. You do not want her praying because... God answers her prayers. We got to find a way to shut down her prayers, or whatever example you want to use. So maybe this is a really weird sermon. Sorry. I hope you come back next week. I'll have I'll have three points in PowerPoint. Like I I was so confused. I was like I don't even have any any pictures. I don't even have the scripture up there because I don't know where I'm going. Um, so this is the ramblings of um, an insane pastor. And uh, I guess you think great, you know, Oh, all right. <laughs> well, Dan, Danny, Danny, it hit Danny, so that's good. So, <laughs> but I also think it's important when whoever it is, whether it's Justin or Jen or Jason, when we enter this holy box and we proclaim, it's got to be changing us. And it is changing me. I just don't know that I've reached the conclusion that God wants me to reach yet, and that's why I'm not quite finished. Well, I'll be. In, that's right. That's right. I mean, I can tell you, I, I have pages and pages. I have a sermon. I'll send you the manuscript. It just. I was like, let's do something else. Just didn't feel like it's where God wanted us to go. So let me pray with us, and then we are going to come to the table, uh, Father. such a simple plan and you've never deviated from it and yet any opportunity we have to stray from it we will take you say you're the shepherd and we're the sheep and we act like sheep an awful lot easily distracted easily led astray I pray that you'll help us to hear your voice better I pray that you'll help us to live into the reality that you are the fulfillment of everything that the prophets foretold. Every every desire that they had. You're the fulfillment of not only the moral law, but all the other laws. You want to walk with us. You want to talk with us. You want to impart wisdom to us. You want us to trust you with everything we have. You want us to care for your creation. You want us to see the person in front of us as our neighbor. You want us to come alongside the poor and the broken and the hurting and the needy. Because in the reality of things, that is all of us. Who can save us from this mess that we're in? Thanks be to God. We are more than conquerors through you, Jesus. And it is through you that we will choose to live. It is through your spirit that we will choose to follow and learn the wisdom of God. It is through your guiding and your leading that we will truly learn how to love each other and love you well. And so... God, today we just make a resolution that we are going to stop trying to circumvent the process because the process is broken when we try to take over. Your way is perfect. So we're going to lean into that. We're going to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we're going to love our neighbor as ourself, regardless of who's in front of us. But we can only do that through your strength. And so we pray that you'll give it to us now. We love you, Jesus. And we pray this in your name. Amen.
2: If you join me for this time, we come to the Lord's table. Um, we call communion, or some of you fancy talkers might call Eucharist. I, uh, with my kids, I call it uh, Jesus snacks. And I realized that I had forgotten mine, so uh, I'm going to grab some. Right there, you got, oh, you got some. Oh, great. I was well. We have like a Christian version of DoorDash, except it's only bread and juice. <laughs> if some of you need it, thank you. All right. Um, You ever, you ever wonder what it was like to sit around with Jesus? The Passover meal, kind of a special time, and, and they know something's coming. You've got, you know, got Peter there, Matthew. But we often forget that Judas was there, and Jesus wanted Judas there. Jesus knew what was coming. We, we sometimes start this time saying, on the night he was betrayed. Yeah, he knew that was coming. And as I, as I often do this with others, I'm like, man, my, my heart's not the best. How many times have I betrayed Jesus, and he still asked me to come to the table? So uh, sometimes this can be a pretty exclusionary time. Um, I don't, I don't do real well with that. And so if you say, hey, I want to be a part of. Just following Jesus, knowing more about it, and my heart is not pure right now. You know what I'm going to say? Join in with the rest of us with unpure hearts, as we turn to Him and seek Him. And someday, man, maybe we'll figure this stuff out. But this is a journey where we where we eat together. I I had a, a great time of breaking bread with with several of you in different occasions this week. Um, sometimes I. I like to break bread with others in the form of, of hot dogs and burgers and maybe, who, who knows what it is, pizza, but eating with others is a great time to invite Jesus into the, to the setting, into the conversation. So I am especially privileged this morning to be with all of you as we uh, have the the tastiest of bread and wine here, but that's not the point. So um, Jesus was sitting around with his disciples and he looked at all of them and I I think he noted what was in all of their hearts. Some striving, some like Judas saying, hey Jesus, you're not fulfilling what I wanted. But he said, you guys, I'm going to give my body to be broken for you all. So that you can have more, more than you ever imagined. So, with me, I'll open this up. Take this this bread. I often like to as a symbol of my own unworthiness, I, I break it. And I eat it. So eat this with me as we remember Christ's body broken for us. And then he he took that, that juice. I don't know if there was a Holy Grail or not that he drank out of, but it was something. He took that fruit of the vine... He said, this is my blood shed for you. Remember, the shedding of blood was because it was atoning for for sins. Something had to be sacrificed to, to wash us white as snow. And He said, once and for all, I'm going to conquer all of that for those of you who want to just accept it. He said, I freely give my blood to be shed for you, so that you might be made clean. So let's let's drink in remembrance of His sacrifice. Pastor, we close in prayer here. Is that good? Yeah. All right. Let, let's let's turn to Him and, and just thank Him. Father, we thank you for Your sacrifice, for Your body, that You you said, I'm, I'm more than just flesh, go ahead and break it. Now for your blood that was shed, that once and for all, we were done with the shedding of blood to be made clean. And Lord, so now I'd say to all of us and to myself, might we finally surrender our hearts to you that in our hearts we're made clean and that we know that we can come to you under any circumstances and know that you have paid the price we're no longer guilty in you we have true freedom we praise you Father and we thank you for this time together with you in your precious name Amen
0: Amen. Will you stand with me? I'm sorry we went long today. I'll, have, I'll be on manuscript next week so that we stay together <laughs> If you're visiting with us, we um, we sing our our closing, our benediction, and we sing it to God and we sing it to each other. And I love the words, and so we're going to do it again. And this is my favorite time of the service. I got to be honest. Like when we're up there, it's just it's just as loud, and you know, then nobody wants to hear this guy talking. But when we sing together and we hear all of our voices singing in harmony and just the words. That's my favorite. So will you sing with me? We sing hallelujah. Let your kingdom come in our hearts, in our homes. Let your will be done as we go in your name. We shout and we proclaim. Let your will be done in us. Go in God's love and God's grace. We'll see you next Sunday.